Broadcasting live from Las Vegas, this is the Wayne Allen Root Show, the early edition. Now, more with war. Join us back here on the mic as I am every Monday from 10 a.m. until 11 a.m. Pacific time uh, in for the pinch hitting every week for the great Wayne Allen Root, who will be on at the top of the hour at 11 o'clock sharp. He'll be on for his morning edition and followed up with his uh, afternoon edition, uh, three-hour extravaganza at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Well, it is my pleasure to bring back uh, to, the, uh, to our show and to our listeners a uh, recurring guest. Uh, Stephen Hecht is a writer with the Impunity Observer. Uh, but more than that, he is a true free marketeer comrade in arms that uh, resides in Guatemala and has lived in Guatemala for uh, more than two decades and does great work down there promoting free market capitalism. Uh, He is the good uh, Yankee, if you will. He is the good American that is doing uh, tremendous work in Guatemala. And Steve, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much, Nigel. It's great to be with you again. Hey, my friend, you wrote a very intriguing, I I know we're going to talk about migration and about the fact that dumb Democrats, some dumb liberal, dumb progressive Democrats out there, thought that when Donald Trump during the debate uh, talked about coyotes bringing uh, these, these vulnerable children across the border to our country to seek political asylum, when we all know it's economic asylum, de facto economic asylum, that uh, these dumb Democrats and dumb progressives thought uh, they would, he, he was talking about the animal coyote bringing them over. So we thought we'd bring you on to discuss the real coyote, the human uh, smugglers uh, that uh, bring these children and often use these children to get themselves, get drugs, uh, and, and get themselves to commit crimes. But before we go there, Steve, in this first segment, I want to talk about your very provocative article that I think uh, people should read at the impunityobserver.com, Seven Reasons Why Trump Should Prevail. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always, Steve, I'm always sunshine Sam, but I am a little nervous about this election. So, so boost me up. So boost me up and tell me why our president will be reelected. Well, now you think about this. They have a volunteer army that one of the links that I used in that piece says that they have made a hundred million calls or docking on doors, whatever. They've made a hundred million pitches to people, volunteers, not getting paid. We're talking about uh, the president's re-election campaign, the RNC, the ground game is what we're talking about. The GOTV get out the vote uh, mechanism is what you're referring to. Exactly. Exactly. It's run by the campaign, but it's staffed by volunteers. It is. It is. And my niece is among those volunteers. I sit on um, the board of Black Voices for Trump. And one of our rock stars, Deontay Johnson, is organizing door knockers all across the country, particularly in battleground states like Michigan, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Florida, et cetera, et cetera, Wisconsin, um, Iowa, Ohio. 
and um, my my niece has joined the team and is doing door knocks as we speak. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Right now, look at the registration. The number of of new Republican uh, 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 that, that registers. They, and, and they've narrowed the gap. Almost, they're almost equal in Florida. They've narrowed the gap in North Carolina, in 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 uh, in uh, Pennsylvania. And now, Pennsylvania. And then, uh, the fact that we narrowed the gap in Florida and North Carolina. You know, quite frankly, I think we we should have done that some time ago. I mean, I think both of those states are naturally conservative-leaning states, even though North Carolina has gotten a lot more purple. Uh, over the last several cycles, but the fact so, so the fact that we you know our, we finally got our registration game in gear in those states I think is, is is great, but over long overdue. But what you just said that really has has uh, knocked me to my knees, uh, and I say that with joy, is Pennsylvania. If we have nearly caught up in registration. And Pennsylvania, that is phenomenal. And it's not surprising, Dr. I mean, with all those volunteers, and then you add in the issues, the obvious one about the fracking. I mean, Trump goes to rallies, and he shows uh, the video. Biden challenged him to show the video. He's showing it. <laughs> Biden said no fracking. That's right. He said, no, I never said that. And there it is. So uh, those people there, uh, they want jobs. They better vote for Trump if they want jobs. Well, Steve, if you want, if you want electricity in your house and you want it to be continuous, you better vote for Trump. Well, Steve, what you say has has tremendous resonance. I was saying uh, to my my sidekick here, Mark, that right before you came on, that um, the most searched uh, term or, or phrase after the second presidential debate, where Donald Trump made. Uh, Joe Biden's hypocrisy on frank fracking, he exposed it. The most searched phrase on Google in Pennsylvania was, how do I change my vote? <laughs> so, so early voters that, that, that foolishly voted too early before they knew all the issues and knew where Joe Biden stood on the issues uh, made a mistake and now want to switch back. Steve, we're going to switch. We're going to switch to the border and switch to the coyote uh, question what it is exactly, what danger it is to the American people, and what Donald Trump has done to tamp it down. More with Steve Hecht. After this, this is more war now. Here it is, Nigel Ennis, rocking and rolling here on uh, this wonderful station of ours. Uh, on a wonderful Monday, uh, eight days before D-Day comes, my friend. Eight days. It's, it's counting. It's coming fast. Can't believe it's almost over. Well, we're back with Stephen Hecht, our reporter uh, and uh, comrade in arms uh, out of Guatemala. And, and Steve, um, <laughs> there was, I think, several different uh, uh, celebrities that uh, joked about Donald Trump lying about the animal coyote taking children across the border <laughs> to come into the country because they foolishly don't know what a coyote is. So please, if any of these stupid liberals are listening to this program, can you educate them? What is the coyote exactly? I believe it's a Spanish word, is it not? 
It is, but I think we use it in English too uh, for for the animal that it is. And, and, and in Spanish, uh, most people don't identify it with the animal; they identify it with the human smuggler. Right. That that the word coyote is famous throughout Latin America as a human smuggler. And, and, and it's used by officials in the United States all the time. And, of course, this, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish your thoughts, Steve. And it's astounding that anybody could think that, that Trump was referring to an animal <laughs> pulling a child across the border. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> but, the, but worse the, than that, these, progr- <laughs> these progressives think that the president is capable of anything, you know? I suppose you're right. But, but worse than that, some of the critics said that that the children come with parents. And that's completely wrong. Talk to us about that. They don't that. understand how that thing works. How does it work exactly, Steve? Break it down for us. Well, the human smuggler, I mean, people could try to go by their own. It's very dangerous, and, and, and you, you could get killed, you could get robbed, you could get raped, you could get caught and sent back, all kinds of things. But the, you go with a human smuggler, and you reduce the chance because you're talking about a professional. So if you have a good smuggler, and I interviewed with a reporter from KPFA Radio in San Francisco and uh, a reporter from the Washington Examiner, I interviewed a coyote. And he explained to us the entire system, how it works. And that would take too long to explain here, but this guy is a professional. And the reason he was talking to us is a child had died. And he said that if he could have found that coyote responsible for the child dying, he would have killed that coyote himself because he said it gave a bad name to coyotes. And he said that they're very professional. They, they, they have tremendous loyalty to their customers, like any good business, and that he had made more than 70 trips from Guatemala through Mexico into the United States. Now, here's the thing, Steve, because you talk about loyalty that the professional coyotes uh, have, and this is actually this is actually enlightening uh, and educational uh, to, to me um, that there's this degree of professional loyalty, which makes sense, it's, it's being a good businessman, but that there's almost like a, a set of ethics, you know, for these coyotes. But who is the, who is the customer that they're loyal to? I don't think it's necessarily... That child that they're bringing over, or that um, or that adult uh, or young lady that they're bringing over, it it could very well be in some cases drug cartels and other nefarious entities that are trying to commit crimes. I don't think so. Really? Uh, okay. What I got from him is, look, they they were charging at that time. This was some years ago. Uh, they were charging about six thousand dollars, a little more than that, for for an adult, and he would keep between five hundred to thousand of that. They have expenses, normal expenses, food and lodging and bus uh, transportation, but their major expenses they have to pay each cartel as they go through that cartel's territory, and they have to pay several uh, federal. Uh, uh, law enforcement organizations. It's a very corrupt place, Mexico. And and so it's a well-established route. They know how to do it. They travel in air-conditioned buses, and they eat in decent places. So 
uh, it's not really that risky for the people who go there, but it's very expensive. Now it's up to over $10,000. And so the loyalty is really to themselves because, like any business, when you do a good job, the word travels. And if you do a lousy job, it travels too. So, you know, just from a practical business point of view, they can't have people dying. They have to protect their people. So what what you're saying then, Steve, is when we hear about, you know, rapes taking place uh, and, and, and murders and people dying uh, in the desert as they're trying to come into our country illegally, that in, in most of those cases, it seems to me that you postulate these are not folk that are going through the more... I guess, institutional, uh, safe uh, mechanism of the coyote path. Correct. They're going on their own, or they're going with uh, coyotes that don't charge very much, and they're not very good. Uh, they're not going with the most professional of, of coyotes. Interesting, interesting. Now, obviously, you know, these coyotes may have a, a set of pragmatic ethics, if you will, uh, and, and loyalty uh, to the business being run efficiently, but they're still breaking the law, and they're still breaking our sovereignty and our law. And the president, in cooperation with President Almo of uh, Mexico, with the Northern Triangle countries, one of which is your second home of Guatemala, uh, the president, this is, you know, again, so unheralded, it, it, along with what the president has done in the Middle East and really protecting our um, our most favorite nation uh, in the Mideast, Israel, and, uh, you know, Sudan, this is a, a miracle. I mean, Sudan, you know, as a reminder, and you certainly know this, Steve, Mark, I'm sure you know this as well, Sudan used to be the place that was uh, the home to Osama bin Laden. You know, it was full of, of, of extreme radicals, uh, extreme uh, Islamists, and the fact that he has gotten, I mean, UAE is one thing. They're a moderate Arab state. Uh, Saudi Arabia, um, even though most of the hijackers uh, for 9-11 came from Saudi Arabia, in terms of the government itself, it has always been a moderate government and a partner uh, to the United States. So the fact that UAE, the fact that Saudi Arabia, which has not come on board yet, but they uh, are thought to soon get, get on board, the fact that Bahrain, these moderate uh, Islamic countries, uh, have uh, broken a peace with Israel due to the leadership of President Trump is not too much of a stretch. But the fact that he got Sudan, that is huge, huge, Steve. And the fact that the, the mainstream media is censoring his foreign policy triumphs of what he's done in the Middle East, of what he's done with our brother and sister nations to the south in Latin America and tamping down illegal immigration. Um, and as we close, we've got a couple of minutes in this segment left. Uh, Steve, why don't you start talking about how he so successfully uh, dealt with the migration crisis that existed before it existed. Actually, it, it, it goes all the way back to Bush. There were are parts of the Bush administration, the tail end of the Bush administration, that there was a migration crisis. It continued during uh, Obama, and Trump has reversed it largely. How did he do that? 
Okay, well, and if you want to go back and comment on the Middle East thing briefly, but let's go to what you just talked about, is the, 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 the coyote thing that came up in the debate on Thursday, that the critics are saying that those uh, the, the children always come with parents. That's absolutely false. The coyote that we interviewed would take groups of children by themselves. People want their children to be able to grow up in the United States. And the government was giving them, you know, it's what they call catch and release. And it, they extended it to adults who were accompanying those children. And so Democrats refused to reform asylum procedures. What happened was that courts intervened, and the court made it so that the patch of release came from the courts, really. Now, asylum is one thing. That's when you're fleeing persecution. Economic migrants, people looking for, for work, they have no right to asylum, but they're coached to claim asylum. Now they have get a hearing. And it used to be that you catch a release and the hearing comes, like Trump said, maybe two years, maybe three years. And a very, very small percentage of the people actually go back for the hearing. So it was an open door into the United States. Now, the Republicans, Lindsey Graham, went to the Democrats and he said, we need to change that. Democrats refused to change it. That, that was and, the part of the negotiation on this grand immigration, so-called immigration reform program. Well, no, that, that, it might have been, but, but really it was a specific thing that could have been a part of the whole thing. And, and, and what they wanted was to reform it so that they, they could, and economic migrants could not abuse asylum to get in. Now, the Democrats refused, which means that they were pulling... The children. Now, as you pointed out before, correctly so, some of those children are raped. They're, 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 they die. They, they're, they're, it's a hard trip. They're, 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 they don't have enough water, food, all kinds of things. They suffer. So the Democrats were pulling these children because they refused to change this thing, and they knew it. They knew it perfectly well. They were pulling those children into the United States to create images of people in cages so that they could claim that Donald Trump, like AOC did, was running concentration camps. Yeah. In other words, they to Democrats the ability were abusing to these children, abusing these children for what they perceived as their political game, which I find disgusting and disgraceful. Which is, it is disgusting and, and disgraceful. We're going to talk a little bit more about this because, of course, those very cages that AOC was talking about were built by the Obama administration, but she didn't really want to talk about that. We're going to talk more with Steve Heck about this, and we're also going to talk about, and Steve, I'm, I'm thrusting uh, this on you at the last minute, so you only have about a couple of minutes to think about, but I know you'll You'll hit it out of the park. An agenda for American engagement with our neighbors to the South in Latin America and the Caribbean for the next term. More with Steve Hecht after this. This is War Now. Not Wayne, but his twin brother from another mother, Melanin Advantage. <laughs> Mark, I, I, I picked Mark's funny bone there. <laughs> We're in our last segment with uh, Steve Hecht. Steve, are you there, or did we leave? Yes, okay, I'm here, Fantastic. 
Um, so let's talk a little bit about what a second term engagement of Latin America and the Caribbean. Actually, let's let's go into the um, the awful alternative universe first. What happens to these countries, these center right countries like Guatemala, like Colombia, um, where you've got some uh, like Brazil, where you have some allied governments, conservative governments, or at least centrist governments, certainly not socialist governments, uh, if Biden gains the presidency? The place to start, Niger, as always, is with Fidel Castro. He, as you know, uh, took over in a classic Marxist revolution, and then he tried to spread violent revolution throughout Latin America. He failed. And in 1990, at the uh, Sao Paulo Forum, they changed strategy, and the strategy, the new strategy, became internal subversion. Take over the judiciary, take over criminal prosecution. That's what they've been doing. Cuba must prevent any Latin American country from developing with a free market model because that would be really the end of the communist model. Now, it just so happens that the two things are linked. Latin America and the United States completely linked. And that's what your question, that's where it really goes. Is that same strategy, that same internal subversion strategy, we are watching it unfold in the United States as we speak. Well, we know, just, person, just to add to what you're saying, Steve, real quick, uh, George Soros has spent a mint essentially funding attorney generals throughout the United States. That's correct. The same thing that he's done in Latin America. And you look at those rulings, that, like in St. Louis, it's an outrage. This is going to happen on a national level if Joe Biden takes over. And this election, we've never had one like this. In 1864, we would have divided into two different countries that McClellan beat Lincoln. But now you can't physically divide it. What you're talking about today, Trump is a chance for liberty and American values. Biden represents Fidel Castro's model of socialist conquest, totalitarianism. I think that's so. what's on the ballot right now. I, 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 see Joe, I see Joe Biden as the communist uh, Trojan horse. You know, he looks like this good old-fashioned working class, you know, Democrat, you know, Harry Truman type of Democrat uh, from a, a, a generation that's long ago gone and has long ago, and a demographic that has long ago left the Democratic Party. Uh, but in reality, he's got people like AOC, like Ilhan Omar, like Rashida Tlaib, like, oh, well, his vice president, <laughs> Kamala oh. Harris, that You're are to hard that left wing folk. Yeah, you don't have to go that far. Bernie Sanders said, quote, uh, not exact quote, but he said, what was radical only four years ago is mainstream today. That's all you need to know. And what he's talking about is a socialist takeover. And what Bernie and there has said? never been yeah. a socialist takeover in the country without right. coercion. That's right. And what Bernie also said is that Joe Biden is the most pro most uh, progressive Democrat candidate. Can 
candidate period from any major Correct. party uh, since uh, FDR. Uh, and that yeah. is a high, high compliment coming from uh, uh, from Comrade Bernie Sanders. Well, in the couple of minutes we have left, Steve, let's go from let's move from the nightmare to the dream. And the dream is Donald Trump has a second inauguration. And if Donald Trump were listening, if President Trump were listening to this program in terms of an agenda item, you know, what what three to five things should the president do? Uh, in Latin America, in our engagement in Latin America, in particular Mexico and the Northern Triangle countries? Abolish the State Department and make it a consular service. Wow. That you, so abolish the entire State Department? Or? The entire State Department. Mike Pompeo is great. I love Mike Pompeo. One of the best public servants we have. But he's presiding over an institution that the term deep state does not do justice to. Those people are socialists. They have violated the law by implementing their policy against President Trump, against Secretary Pompeo. They need to be reined in. And I would like to see an investigation of the four ambassadors in Guatemala, think about it. You have you start with a Bush ambassador, then you have two Obama ambassadors, then you have a Trump ambassador, and all four of them committed crimes in Guatemala in favor of the successors to the Fidel Castro-supported guerrillas. What's that? That's subversion. It's breaking the sovereignty of those countries, and it's undermining the foreign policy of the commander-in-chief of the United States. It is border, borderline treason. one of the leaders? The self-described point man for the Northern Triangle, Guatemala, Salvador, and Honduras, Joe Biden. Oh, my God. Wow, I did not know that, Steve. That is frightening. My God. And it's frightening to think that this guy could be president. Yeah, it, it it is frightening, and this is the fight. This is what's at stake uh, in little more than a week from now, folks. This this is what's on the line, the future and the destiny of not only our country but our civilization, and that's what you're talking about, Steve. Well, listen, exactly. my friend, uh, you, you I'm sure you did an absentee uh, vote by now, oh, thank God. And, one, uh, one unfortunate fact about that, Niger, yep. my last residence in the United States was New York. <laughs> so your vote may not matter, but you voted anyway. That's a responsible thing to do. Thank you so well, much, Well, I Steve. haven't lost hope that Trump could win New York. With the riots, the people who in New York City have to know that their insecurity is due to Democrats. Well, you, you never know. You never know. And people are fleeing New York by the droves. Steve, it's wonderful to have you on. We'll have you on in the future after the election. Thank you so much for being on. And thank you all. For listening today, thank you, sidekick Mark, co-pilot. Mark, as always, doing a bang-up job. This is Nigerinus. I will see you next week. More war with Wayne coming up soon. More war now.